This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Pod Save the Queen! Hello and welcome to Pod Save the Queen. I'm Zoe Forsey. I'm your host this week and I'm joined, as always, by our royal editor, Russell Myers. Hi, Russell. How are you? I'm very well. How are you doing? Yes, not too bad, Tart. Well, we we have been asked by Dan to mention that we both got, we're both a bit poorly this week, so we've both got coughs, so we will do our best not to cough during this, but um, sorry you're not feeling 100%. I know, I can't promise anything, but I will try my best. I've got my water, I've got like, my lem sip, and, um, you know, maybe I'll be speaking like Barry White by the end of this uh, <laughs> but you never know. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so how's this week been? Have you had lots of lots and bits on? Well, this is like the third time today we've attempted to record this pod, isn't it? Because yes. <laughs> we, we've all been very, very busy. Uh, we're, break- we're not in Dan's good books, are we're we? Defi- I don't think we're- <laughs> we are definitely not. No, we've had to uh, we've had to deal with some breaking news, and um, and I think it's quite some good news actually. And uh, you know, we revealed earlier that the Queen was well enough, deemed well enough by doctors. She been given the all clear to uh, to get in a chopper and fly to Sandringham from Windsor Castle. And I understand that she's going to be there um, over the weekend. It was a um, described to me as sort of a, a, a private trip. And we obviously know she's been having to stand back from public sort of royal duties out and about for a couple of weeks uh, because she's been she's been very tired. And I think that uh, doctors have ordered her to rest. And, uh, you know, the, the old phrase has been trooped, tra- trooped out about her undertaking light duties at Windsor Castle. And that is exactly what she's been doing. But this, uh, this sort of weekend away had been in the diary for quite some time. So she was delighted to be able to, um, to go to Sandringham. And the reason is because she has invited all the family to Sandringham this Christmas. And of course, that is good news because like many, many other people over last Christmas, we were all sort of forced away, or many of us were forced away from our friends and families. And uh, and the Queen was uh, forced to spend it alone with Prince Philip cooped up in, uh, in Windsor Castle. So she has invited all the family down to Sandringham this Christmas. The guest list um, will be far and wide, but isn't totally confirmed yet but uh, i would imagine we could expect to see charles camilla the cambridges will we see a sort of a cameo appearance from harry and megan and the kids you never know but certainly christmas is a time for families the queen has um is uh that's very much the queen's thinking and uh and she's going to sandringham to have a bit of a weekend away but also sort of oversee plans for the Christmas period, see the staff, be in the big house. And uh, and hopefully she has, well, she has promised doctors that she will continue to rest before she goes back uh, back, to, back to duties. But in, the, in any case, I definitely do think there will be a sort of rejigging and re-evaluation of her diary because um, definitely I think that the, the consensus was that she'd been taking on far, far too much of late. But um, I suppose... It's a double-edged sword, really. She'd wanted to to, to get out and about um, after sort of being released from the shackles of the you know the coronavirus restrictions, and I suppose on the sort of personal level, she's wanted to keep busy 
after losing Prince Philip and being able to get out and meet people. And that's why we've seen her take on, you know, an extraordinary number of events. Um, you know, but it's not been without incident. I think that she's she's been left, it was, you know, described in the Sunday Times as she'd been left knackered, uh, but certainly exhausted. That's why the doctors have sort of stepped in and said, listen, you're doing far too much. She's um, She wasn't able to walk the dogs for a couple of weeks, which she's obviously been... She does every day at Windsor Windsor Park, um, even though we did see her earlier this week. I can't remember what day it was. Maybe it was uh, Tuesday. So she was seen driving rather quickly, it must be. Went out for a drive, didn't she? In her she did. So she was about, exactly. So she was able to, to, to get out. She hasn't um, been able to go horse riding. I've, I've, um, I understand that she's said that she pretty she won't go horse riding throughout the winter. And I suppose that's, you know, we forget she's 95. And I don't think horse riding is a big deal in the winter anyway, but certain, certainly she has sort of taken that off the table until the springtime, till the better weather. Um, and that probably that falls in... That is still in... something... Sorry. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying, I, I think, I think that's, that probably does fall in line with, uh, with the fact that she's got to be taking it a bit easier and realise that she has had a, a, a hugely, hugely busy schedule. And, um, and that coming into the winter... Next year is going to be a busy period with the, you know, the Platinum Jubilee events all throughout the year. And so um, she needs to be on top form for those, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose that's true. I hadn't really thought about it like that, but there's, it's kind of what, like June time, everything kicks off and that's going to be so full on with all the, um, you know, with all the celebrations. So I guess if she does too much now, and as you said, tires herself out and um, she won't be able to enjoy enjoy all of that properly which is yeah. I guess the most important thing but it's great news about Christmas and it sounds like as you said if she's going up to get everything ready that must be quite because when was the last time um you know they made it up to Sandringham right so maybe off the top of my head possibly well surely 2019 that was still everything was still all right then wasn't it and yeah so um you know that would have been the last time obviously Christmas last year was off for for all of them I think they're all everyone spread out and and, uh, and this is the first opportunity, really, to get everybody together uh, and and to have, you know, a nice Christmas. Because I think it's been a pretty tough time, listen, for a lot of people. I think, the, you know, the, the Queen is, is not um, different in that sense, that she's been cooped up, unable to leave Winter Castle in large periods of isolation, um, just with the bubble of staff and with Prince Philip. And then, of course, after he died, that would have been an awful wrench for her. So I think that the sort of pilgrimage back to Sandringham, where there are um, so many, many happy memories for uh, for her and the rest of the family, it's, um, it's, uh, it's great news that they will hopefully be able to do that. Um, and the fact is, I think there have been an awful lot of fear really over over her health conditions we you know after she went into hospital the doctors when were describing it as preliminary in uh, investigations and um we don't know what for we don't know necessarily what that means but of course with those initial tests may come more tests or there might be you know a clean bill of health but Certainly, my understanding is she is feeling well. She is feeling rested. She needs to take it a bit more easy. She has pulled out of a remembrance uh, event at the Royal Albert Hall next weekend, but is still committed to making the Remembrance Sunday um, commemorations at the Cenotaph. So certainly that is still probably the, 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 um, the one date at the moment we can be sure is as cemented in her diary as it could be. So, uh, so 
I think, hopefully, we'll see her at Cenotaph for, for Remembrance Sunday. Yeah, because that's always such a huge date in, well, it's a huge date in, you know, loads of British people's calendars, but especially for the royal family, it's like they've always done, and you know, they kind of really lead, don't they, that, that service where they, yeah, they all attend and... There's not many dates cemented in the diary. Uh, mm. You know, sometimes it's a bit of a movable feast, but that is certainly one of them. That is, uh, I think she's only missed it. Uh, I'm going to say six times. I think four of those were because she was on royal tours, and twice she was pregnant. So that's oh, okay. That's the reason she's 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 um she's had other people to step in for her. So that just tells you out of uh, seventy years on the throne, if you've only missed it six times, that is yeah less than less than a handful. So um very very committed to doing. I think and, I think she will she will be there next next Sunday. Yeah, and again another event that didn't take place in its full form last year mm. and we saw that we you know she was obviously on the balcony but she's normally with the um duchess of cornwall and the duchess of cambridge or has been the last few years wasn't she but was it last year she was there with one of her i think it's her lady in waiting that she was with someone that was obviously in the bubble because she couldn't be with the rest of the family because they had to the balconies weren't big enough if I, absolutely yeah, no, i think you're right yeah yeah, 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 yeah yeah so well i'm assuming the the staff at sandring are probably having quite a or spent last week probably running around quite if they well, definitely. not had visitors for that long and then all yeah. of a sudden need to get everything ready. Well, I know. You know, it's like when your boss comes into the office or yeah. the chief executive <laughs> comes into the office, everyone sort of tidies their desk frequently. Uh, yeah. So I imagine that is exactly what is happening at the time. <laughs> but it's great news that she's been able to, to make this trip. It's uh, great news that she's feeling better and I think we can look forward to seeing her out and about um, you know, hopefully before before the end of the year. That's um, that's what's um. And she did look. Obviously, she did the video for COP twenty six, uh, which and she did that lovely video message. And you know, she was a, such a powerful message. Did really well, and she looked, you know, really happy and to be chatting on that, didn't she? Well, she did. So I, I've, I've been at, at COP this week. I was there uh, Monday and Tuesday, and, uh, and and sadly that the Queen did have to pull out on the doctor's orders from from the reception. However, I think the fact that it was, she did deliver this message it, it it had more resonance. I think because it is there. Everybody was. I'm sure the Queen, when the Queen was make, would make a speech, all the world leaders, anyone gathered in a room would have their full attention on the Queen. But there was something powerful about it that everybody was looking up at the screen, listening intently to the words. And of course, the added imagery as well. She was wearing green, uh, green dress. Yeah. She, her brooch was apparently a, an engagement gift, um, which had a butterfly on it. And indeed, the picture behind her was a picture... Um, and these things are always carefully chosen. This was a picture of Prince Philip in Mexico in 1988. And that beautiful photo, isn't it? It's, it's incredible. So, it's, yeah. It's been released into the wild and he was sort of amongst them. And um, and she referenced a speech he'd made in 1969 about uh, the environment and about the pollution of the scourge of plastics. And, you know, and so I think that the, the speech was very, very carefully managed, um, as it, of course, it would be. And the reference of which, which I found particularly poignant, was the was the line of saying, you know, none of us will be here forever, and um, and certainly because she has had her own health fears, she is ninety five. Obviously, there is talk about the preparations for life without her here. So. Um, 
all of those messages were really hammered home and the, 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 the main vein of the speech, so one of the, the main thrusts of, uh, of COP26, the UN Climate Change Conference, was indeed the, the future generations, that the world leaders, we all need to act now, we all need to make promises uh, to safeguard the planet and the planet's future for those future generations. And I, and I think that the Queen was... Um, quite masterful in her delivery of that message and no doubt it would have had um, quite an effect on those uh, gathered gathered in the room watching it and um, one thing that i really liked as well she spoke which she doesn't do as much does she but she actually like spoke about the work that prince charles and prince william have both been doing and kind of said how you know she was really glad they were involved well, she did. Since she was speaking, you know, she spoke of her great pride for both uh, Charles and, and William for sort of taking on the baton from to, to campaign on the environment and, and taking that on from uh, from Prince Philip. And she made the point about how he, over his decades by her side, was uh, was a, a huge advocate for environmental um, practices, how he was a huge huge believer in the need for action many, many years ago. And then you sort of talk about Charles when he was making these speeches in the 70s. And he was um, he was seen as quite a ludicrous figure. And, and now look where we are. We're sort of, he's been campaigning for 50 years, um, making speeches at COP. Uh, and we've seen him speak quite a lot recently. He was at the G20 at the weekend, then at COP. Um, and, you know, really banging this drum to say, I have been talking about this for 50 years. And now we are, in his own words, we are drinking, we are in the last chance saloon. And I think that that is hopefully the message that was really hammered home to um, to, to, to some of those gathered. Because I was in these, these summits and I saw, you know, William speaking about Earthshot and some of the uh, the finalists who he introduced on stage on Tuesday were phenomenal people. And this speech that this um, when the fifteen year old girl from a fifteen year old girl from India who had made this incredible solar powered cart to take over from charcoal, which is going to be absolutely revolutionary for millions of uh, street vendors in India, and not only sort of protect them from the dangers of charcoal, but protect in terms of health benefits, but protect the environment as well. So a lot going on, a lot to digest from COP. Um, it was a, it was so big. It was, I just <laughs> didn't know. I, I, it's, it was just a huge, huge conference with thousands upon thousands of people. Um, and you just hope that there are real actions taken from it and, uh, and it isn't just full of a lot of hot air, but um, we will wait and see, I suppose. And so Charles got to meet some, quite he had quite a good few meetings didn't he well he did well he was with joe biden he was with scott morrison who had obviously changed his plans because he was one of the uh the, the world yes. leaders who we presume that the queen was talking about who was one of the ones on the naughty list wasn't well, he, he? <laughs> was, because you know him alongside president xi of china and uh and putin of russia um morrison had not committed to go to cop 26 until about on um, you know a week out so then when he, he sort of um, ambushed Charles and gave him the big hard sell about all the stuff that they're doing for climate change, I think it was <laughs> quite a ludicrous standpoint. But um, it was good, <clears throat> good to see those, uh, those meetings taking place. And not only that, he was rubbing shoulders with Leonardo DiCaprio. That uh, was the image that... Yeah. <laughs> the image of Charles and Leo was just... You know, when you kind of like turn... I think I saw it on Twitter first or something like that. And you used to go, hang on, I'm sorry, what was that? I think what it's did deep I... Fake. Yeah. 
It was and very, he was, uh, very yeah. strange. And he was knocking around with Jeff Bezos. Obviously, Jeff Bezos has committed two billion from his Bezos Earth Fund to um, re rewild forests in Africa, which will have a you know huge, huge effect on on what they're trying to to do at the United Nations and and throughout the COP twenty six program. So. Listen, a lot of promises made, um, you know, slightly ludicrous that Bezos and all the other world leaders are flying around in private jets into the climate change conference. And, uh, you know, Bezos is, is saying that he only realised, um, uh, you know, the need for sustainability and environmentalism when he was looking down on Earth when he was uh, <laughs> flying in his rocket. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But... They are the people that they need to bring to the table. And certainly Charles was um, has, had been very influential. There was a big meeting with himself, Emmanuel Macron and Jeff Bezos before he announced this new two billion fund. So, um, you know, Charles is liked. And you see the warmth that Joe Biden was talking to him with. And he was asking after the Queen. And Charles said, you know, she was very upset not to have made it. And I think that, um, you know, Biden said essentially to him, he said, we're here because you're here. So don't stop what you're doing. So if he does have the ears of the world leaders and the big billionaires who have the money to uh, to make a difference, then, um, then you know, I think he's a good custodian for, for this uh, cause of environmentalism at the moment. Definitely. And obviously we saw the... Uh, right at the, the start of it was I think it was was it the second day was it Monday where there we saw uh, the Duchess of Cambridge and the Duchess of Cornwall attended didn't they? Um, they did yeah. This was, so this is what they were standing in for for the. Well, we saw the Cambridges um, show up at a Scouts a Scouts uh, meeting in the east of Glasgow and they're getting their hands dirty, helping to rewild re some of the parks. And then it was a quick change to this evening reception. Back uh, the, the willies, the, the willies, the wellies were ditched, and uh, and they were they then changed into their glad rags and uh, to this big sort of um, the the big world leaders reception. So I think it was quite successful. It was good to see, you know, Kate, Kate and Camilla did a couple of engagements while up there, and then um, and then you know William was obviously speaking about Earthshot, the finalist, speaking about that how um, you know pleading to the billionaires in the crowd really, and one of Bill Gates was uh, speaking alongside him. And I thought it was quite, um, you know, the right thing to do because he said, these people are going to be knocking on your doors because you're the ones with the money. So don't be shy in digging into your pockets and helping them realise their dreams of these uh, of these incredible inventions because they are the ones who are going to really get us out of that this mess. But, um, but yeah, COP finishes tomorrow. And then we will, um, and then we'll see, you know, we'll see what the legacy is, hopefully, before... COP27 uh, next year in Egypt, um, we will have some real sort of tangible differences. And so as someone who was lucky enough to go, what was your highlight or what was the kind of thing you really took away from it? Um, what was? I mean, you know what? So the, the, the Indian girl, um, Vinisha Umashaka, the 15-year-old who has designed this uh, this revolutionary cart in um in uh, in india it was she made a speech along uh, after william and it was incredible it's probably my highlight i mean 15 years old to be standing in a room of thousands of people incredible including, isn't it including you know, some of the world's biggest leaders and uh you know um Nedjo modi from you know, prime minister of india was there joe biden boris johnson bill gates i mean it was a it was pretty heavy and she gave a, a tremendous speech a standing ovation and these this is just one of her inventions by the way she's super talented um and and 
I think I'll just give you a little bit of her speech actually, because she was she was saying that the, the time had come to stop talking and start doing. And um, she said, the point is that me and my generation will live to see the cons- consequences of your actions today. Yet none of what we discussed today is practical for me. You are deciding on whether or not we have a chance to live in a ha- habitable world. You are deciding whether or not we are worth fighting for, worth supporting, worth caring. And I think, you know, there was stunned silence. These are really punchy words from um, from a 15-year-old who was absolutely dwarfed by the size of the lectern and dwarfed by the size of the stage. And um, I just, just a, you know, one more line. She said, we, we have a reason to be angry, but I have no time for anger. I want to act. I'm not just a girl from India. I'm a girl from Earth. I'm very proud to be so, a student, innovator, environmentalist, and entrepreneur, but most importantly, an optimist. And you haven't seen that speech. Make sure, if you do one thing today, that it's that, because you uh, you won't be left disappointed. Sounds incredible. And as she said, just obviously the words she said were fantastic, but just the way she spoke for someone of that age. Well, I forgot I was watching someone who was so young when yeah, was doing it, because she spoke, you know, with so much so much passion really really so much confidence yeah just absolutely fantastic and oh so that's brilliant then and like i said something that we know that the royals have i feel like we've been talking about cop for for weeks well for years i mean well well, yeah and then uh you know supposed to happen last year and then and then didn't of course and uh so yeah yeah we have been talking about it for a long time but it's probably and we we will be talking about cop 27 in a couple of weeks because i'm going to egypt with um, Prince of Wales and Duchess of Cornwall, and certainly the the fact that Egypt is taking over the presidency is going to be a big deal. So certainly Charles will be making quite a few speeches on that, and then hopefully, um, and hopefully we'll be covering it. Very exciting! Oh, you're looking forward to that one. That's going to be fun for you. Yeah, too. it will be. Yeah, yeah, and they're letting me out of the house, so that, that, yeah. that's probably, probably good. Get uh, on but the plane it, and I know yeah. it'll be very strange. But I think listen, it's it's going to be it'll be a great trip. There's obviously a lot to the um, of of similarities between the work that Charles has been doing here and the work being going on in Jordan in terms of uh, environmentalism project and then in Egypt taking over the presidency. So it's all set up from COP to to, um, to go on this tour. So uh, hopefully we'll get some more details for, for next week's show and I, can, um, and I can run you through them. Fantastic. That's something to look forward to. And while obviously Prince Harry and Meghan Markle weren't involved with the official COP event, um, you know, I don't know, I assume Harry would have been, had obviously the last couple of years not happened, they had to step back. But they did still mark it, didn't they? Which was lovely to see. And it was nice to see them involved in a very different way. But- well, they did. And listen, I think it's quite laudable how they have, uh, they set a target to be net zero to sort of offset their their private jets and of, offset their energy being used as part of Archwell. Um, how doable that is, we, we'll, we'll see. I suppose it's... Um, it's uh, it's quite fashionable to, to of something to do. Whether they, you know, was this a good time? I suppose it was a good time, as good a time as any. That the fact there was the United Nations Climate Change Conference happening, uh, probably no coincidence that it came the day that the Queen had made uh, a speech talking of her pride of both Charles and William, and and then not mentioning Harry or anyone, any um, any of the other family members. So I'm sure that did. Um, you know, burn a little bit, and that's why they they maybe thought that it was a good idea to put this statement out. But um, again, listen, a laudable project. Let's see how they get to it. We still don't really know um, 
yeah, art, what, what art world is about. It's still in its infancy. Um, obviously, they've uh, with that we've seen them pop up here and there, but it's um, it's it's a fledgling business, isn't it? So we'll we'll just have to wait and see over the next few few months and years, I suppose. Definitely, and they actually mentioned that in the kind of press release they put on the Archwell website, didn't they? About the you know they mentioned that they are a, a young company, but they're still you know aiming. yeah they're finding their feet yeah, which is good, and they kind of listed listed some examples of you know what what makes up their footprint, talking about what they eat and how often they eat it, which I think is an interesting you know the kind of smaller day to day side of it, wasn't it? But they did mention their transport and the frequency of it, which well, you is know what, so- that's obviously caused a lot of debate and yeah and of, listen that yeah. i think when when you're talking about big things like this and there's billions needed to be invested and you know a thousand hectares of uh land needs to be rewilded every minute or something well uh, uh, how tangible is that to the common man or woman we you know people are worried about putting fuel in their car that has gone up 30 percent this year they're worried about paying their bills they're worried about coronavirus and their health and so that is quite a good idea to make it more accessible to the man and woman on the street, how you can adapt your behavior, less use of plastics, less use of, you know, fossil fuels in your, uh, in your daily life, or even just not eating meat. I mean, that's what Prince Charles says. He's, he doesn't eat meat a couple of days a week. Um, and so, you know, that is a tangible difference that, that everyone can get involved with on a, on, on quite a small level, but will make a difference. And that's what I think, and you mentioned this last week, but it's, and you mentioned it when you were talking about how it works well with Charles and William, of Charles is kind of doing the big, over, you know, the big projects, and then more of the Earthshot was the kind of smaller day-to-day, isn't there? Like, oh, we've got a new, this different type of car or something that makes it, I don't know, as someone looking into it, it makes it sound less terrifying and less scary, because it's, oh, I can just, you know, swap this, or the little changes that Precisely. us normal folk without billions of pounds in our bank account can yeah the, the ones who aren't flying up in rockets and staring down yes the, uh, <laughs> well that's true because was that potentially could have been a bit of an awkward moment wasn't it because obviously prince william you know kind of had a bit of a dig didn't they about he the did. space race well they, then... listen, they had a meeting prince william did essentially um say that the billionaires who are chasing this sort of new age space race i.e Bezos, Elon Musk, Richard Branson, they should be putting their money and their brains and talent into solving the the climate emergency. However, um, fair play to Bezos, creating the Bezos Earth Fund, 2 billion going into, it's part of a 10 billion um, program to to create projects that will help to to think of ways that they can try and help out with this climate change. So um, yeah, I I think, you know, Bezos obviously had a big platform and uh, it could have been a bit awkward, but um, they both sort of put their differences aside, they shook hands and, uh, and, and, of, and of course, Bezos Earth Fund is, uh, is one of the founding partners of, of Earthshot as well. So there's definitely, um, there's definitely no beef, I think, as far as uh, they're concerned moving forward. Good to hear. Good to hear. And I think we actually didn't catch up and get an update from you on Prince Andrew last week, but there have been some more developments this week, haven't there? Well, there have. And, you know, very, very interesting that uh, there was a conference call, I suppose we would call it sort of a pre-trial hearing here in the UK, but it was uh, because of coronavirus, it was heard remotely. Just uh, the judge and the two legal counsels for both Virginia Gouffray and Prince Andrew. Now, in the last week, Last Friday, Prince Andrew really at the eleventh hour of um, of 
being asked to file his response to the civil case that had been launched from British Nuclear Fray, they have come out fighting. And certainly that uh, obviously Prince Andrew has denied any involvement of, uh, of the allegations that Virginia Gaffray um, is claiming he is responsible for. But they have see, sought to paint her in quite an unfavourable light and saying that she was uh, complicit in recruiting girls for Jeffrey Epstein, that she um, procured girls for him and that she was uh, certainly not a whiter and white character. So it's a, it's a very interesting tack because they've gone very, very offensive. And will that um, you know be seen, deemed favourable to a judge or jury? Because Prince Andrew has long denied any involvement. He has long denied any recollection of meeting Virginia Giffray. And yet now his legal team are saying uh, quite disparaging things about her character. So what we have now is um, the, uh, the hearing yesterday, the, the a potential trial has been listed for next autumn. So we are going to be talking about this for an awful long time to come because both sides as well said that they are going to have up to 12 witnesses on each side. So once you know, news starts filtering out of who those witnesses are, what they potentially know. Um, you know, it's, go it's going to run and run this. And of course, we've got the Queen's Jubilee coming up just before the autumn and the big sort of um, pièce de résistance, the weekend over, over the summer, um, is in danger of being hugely overshadowed by, by more details coming out of this case. So, um, you know, we're, we're a little bit further, but I, th I really do think there's still an awful, awful long way to go. And certainly Virginia Gaffray's team are, um, are going to fight fire with fire, I imagine. So I can't see this case being thrown out. It will run and run for possibly, you know, a few years yet. So uh, if you're bored of it now, you're yeah. certainly bored of it. But, but it is absolutely fascinating. It's, um, it's going to be you know, the trial of the century, I suppose, if it does get to that to that level. But there's um, there's plenty of uh, of further details, I fear, to uh, to come out and um, and cause more embarrassment for the royal family because it's uh, it's something that is definitely not going to go away. No, definitely. In twelve, did you say there's twelve witnesses? Each potential, size. yeah, that's what they said. There's potential twelve witnesses each side. So you've got to, you, you know, it's listed. It's listed for trial. How long would that trial go on for? What, a week or two, um, but that's not listed in, until the autumn next year. So, um, yeah, so still an awful long way to go. And I think we will see. You know, depends how deep it gets, doesn't it? Because if Andrew is possibly hoping that the trial gets thrown, uh, the case gets thrown out. I don't think that will happen. And if it doesn't, then you're going to see two sides locking horns to try and outprove the other. And the thing is, with in America, um, the burden is really on Andrew to sort of prove his innocence if you are being sued in this manner. So, he's he's really going to have to bring out all the stops. And uh, and one of, one of the most interesting things is we could quite possibly see Sarah Ferguson, the Duchess of York, on the stand giving evidence on his behalf. So you have a situation where Fergie had been exiled from the royal family for, you know, for a couple of decades, and yet she now possibly would be Prince Andrew's best chance of getting off um, off the, uh, the charges that have been levelled to him by this civil case. So uh, I think it would be fascinating on so many levels. And so when that does come about, in terms of US law, what details of it will we be able to 
know? Will it all be in the public domain? Like, if if Fergie does give evidence, will we be able to? Yeah. Get all the details of it. It is the same as in the UK. Yeah, for it's... sure. You know, I I, mean, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, uh, and I'm not sort of really up to it with um, the legal practices in the United States. But I've always found it incredible whenever you're watching a press conference take place. Um, and whether it's, you know, the local sheriff or the FBI uh, agent standing up at a lectern talking that they want to speak to Prince Andrew, they, they, they're investigating Jeffrey Epstein. And the amount of detail that they give in these press conferences. I mean, you, you know, you had uh, one of the former lawyers, district attorneys, I can't his name escapes me at the moment, but he, when he was standing, he's been disposed of now, but when he was standing on the steps of Jeffrey Epstein's mansion and talking about all the crimes that he'd been uh, accused of and Prince Andrew was being dragged into this, you know, if there is, if there are investigations taking place, then the cases are open, they are active, and uh, it's always quite shocked me about how much is discussed in those press conferences of active cases. However, um, you know, the, will, it, will it then be televised? If there is a judge and jury, will TV cameras be able to go in? It's something that is very, very new to us here in the UK, but they've been doing for absolute years in the United States. So um, again, I don't, I don't know any of these at the moment, but these are definitely some of the big questions that need to be asked moving forward. And so what, what do we have to look forward to this week? What do we? Well, we're nearly at the end of the week. I'm going to wrap up for for this week. But, of course, we've got the big tour coming up. Um, We have um, the Duke of Dutch of Cambridge are going to attend the Royal Variety performance. That has just flashed up literally this second in my inbox. That is on the 18th. And uh, so we've got two two weeks today. Royal Variety. Yeah, that'd be great. There's uh, going to be the Royal Albert Hall. Uh, obviously, Remembrance Sunday next week, with the Queen had to pull out of the Festival Remembrance Service at um, at the Royal Albert Hall. But we do sincerely hope, and I'm sure she does as well, that she is uh, able to have a bit more rest and relaxation over the weekend at Sandringham, and uh, and she'll be fighting fit, ready to go, and appear at Sun's Half next Sunday for uh, for Remembrance Sunday. And Lady Louise's 18th birthday. Yes, so, I remember you saying this. Yeah, yeah gosh. So that would be nice. And way, for, way to make me feel old. I mean, gosh. <laughs> Crazy. Well, happy birthday. When is it? Uh, Monday, I believe. I think well, it's the 8th. Happy birthday for Monday. Monday. I've lost track of my days. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It was lovely to catch up. Thank you for everyone for listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at PodSave. And until next time. PodSave the Queen!